Hello again, hello again. It is another night with your Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. And folks, we are going to have a whirlwind of a show tonight. It is going to be busy. It is going to be fast hitting. And we are going to keep the topics moving and moving and moving to take your mind off of things this week. So let's just get right to it. Your Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast starts right now. Everybody, how is it going? It's another fine Thursday night with your Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast here on Big Gold Belt Media. It's your boy, Heel Will Mahoney, here this week with the giant crab, Jamal. Yep. And we got a two-man power trip going on this week because people are busy. Two chains is off. I think uh, Saving Gotham, rumor has it, so I'm, you'll probably be seeing something about that on the channel soon. But all kinds of things going on, and we are going to tear through some topics tonight. We weren't sure how deep this show was going to go at first, and as the day went on, we kept coming up with more stuff. So it's going to be a fun show, I think, tonight. How is it going, Jamal? Uh, yeah, I'm ready to get into it. Uh, it's going swimmingly. All right, all right. There we go. So I think the first thing we're going to get into, since it is the news of the day, or I should say the news of the early evening, since it just broke today is Cesaro is suddenly a free man. And yeah. on his, uh, I, don't know, I guess I shouldn't say on his way, because we don't know where he is on his way to. But as of today, he is no longer with uh, WWE. Apparently, they were in uh, the process of trying to negotiate a new deal, and they couldn't come to terms. So they both agreed to part ways. So this is not a release. This is not a cut. This is simply he finished up his contract and he is free to go and as of today he is free and clear so that begs the question what is next for cesaro yeah i mean like he can literally pop up anywhere uh if he wants to be i don't know in jacksonville on wednesday that's a thing that can happen uh if he wants to be in mlw hell he could show up in new japan strong he, he's he's literally free to do whatever he wants assuming that he wants to do something um, it is interesting to hear that this news just kind of quietly developed where, hey, he's his contract has run out. They WWE and him have not come to terms on a new deal. That also doesn't mean that he won't resign with WWE if they actually beat him with something that he wants. Um, who knows? Obviously, <clears throat> the big thing to say is like, well, Cesaro to AEW, Cesaro to New Japan. Uh, you know, obviously, that's the big thing. But. Yeah, maybe he goes on the indie run and just like kind of reestablishes himself for the people that may not know what he could be capable of outside of the WWE spectrum. So it, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But 
Will we get the old Chikara Cesaro, uh, you know, back? Yeah, will he magically have a ponytail again? I'm hoping for all of these things to happen, but the wrestling landscape has definitely changed in a way uh, from once that from when he started WWE to right now. Yeah, I think what's interesting here is that the talk going around today is that it wasn't like there was a big falling out. It was just they were negotiating a new deal. They were very much meeting to with the idea of sticking together. And it, maybe it was money. Maybe it was just, you know, the kind of rumor I was hearing was that they were just kind of being like, well, look, you know, we're just kind of keep the terms the same. We're not really looking to increase anything, which I can kind of get. I mean, he's 41. So he's not the youngest guy out there, but Lord knows he's in tremendous shape and he's a guy you can plug into any role. But as far as how he's going to be used, that's the question. And what I also found interesting is I swear just like a year ago, there was all this talk that he had just re-signed there. So I'm guessing he must only signed like a year deal for some reason. And nothing extensively long-term. Maybe a contract option. Maybe. Yeah, maybe it was like, yeah, one year, but like with option for year two or something. And yeah, whatever it is, I mean, there's there's no talk of any bad blood or anything like that. Like you just mentioned, heck, maybe they come to terms on something. Someone thinks of something and it all works out that he stays there. But for right now, at least the words out that he can talk to whoever. Now, as far as I go, what I'd love to see thinking about just how versatile he is. Cesaro to me has always been like the ultimate like utility guy. You can put him into any role, main eventer, mid Carter, tag team guy, you name it, throw him in there with whoever and he can make it work. He's, he's that damn good, that damn versatile. I would love to see him return to like, essentially like a world tour deal. Just have yeah. him go around as a freelancer from place to place working with guys, leveling people up, and just there's so much he could do out there. Because when you think about it, he's been in WWE for ages now. It's a completely different landscape from what he when he left the Indies. I mean, God, I think it's been close to good, a good 10 years or so. Yeah, he's, had a, like yeah. he's had a long run there. So there's no shortage of fresh things that he could do out there and i i kind of like everyone's like oh you know you should go to you know, aew gotta go to aew i'm like no everyone doesn't need to go to aew and the way they're doing stuff there he can come in and pop in and pop out and do right. stuff elsewhere he does not need to be locked in to one company i don't think i think there's a lot he could do all over the place that hell would make for a very interesting 2022 for him if we suddenly have yeah. i'm assuming claudio castagnoli back you know on the indies tearing it up and someone did remind me of one other little thing there's another guy out there who's a free agent that hasn't been doing much i would not mind seeing a kings of wrestling reunion possibly Mm. as a one-off or you know little something something out there as another possibility so lots of possibilities for cesaro i think no i i 100 agree um and that's what i think that he can kind of choose his own adventure at this point um there's just so many matches to be had so many uh things but you know again he at 40 41 or whatever he is you know what does he want the whatever the rest of his career is Mm -hmm. you know does he want to wrestle till he's 50 does he want to wrestle till he's 45 does he feel that he wants to go on a championship run and he has you know two or three years to get get in that window of i want to be a significant champion for promotion somewhere and, and significant doesn't necessarily have to mean you know some some indie promotion 
in front of 15 people in a bingo hall but you know gcw is definitely a company of you know reproach now you know defy and all these major indies so it really the ball really obviously the beach ball is in his court and it really is interesting to see you know what it is because obviously the first thing you think about is how watered down he was in wwe and now that that's not the case anymore you kind of want him to just go out there and just set the world on fire again and obviously at 41 what does that look like for him and that's mm-hmm. that's that's the thing i think that i'm going to be looking forward to the most is just seeing what that looks like where it lands because you know cesaro in the g1 sure oh my god that's a hell of an idea that would be amazing i mean that i, I mean, think i look i look at it like this at 41 he does not look like most 41 year olds that man is in tremendous shape is a you know stamina machine isn't really known for you know a ton of injuries or anything like that so i would think i don't have any reason to doubt that he can't go that he can't go out there and tear it up if he wants to like you're saying i think that's the million dollar question is necessarily how much does he want to still do it at this age right yeah i I 100 agree and that's the same uh question that you could really ask about jeff hardy um, and, you know, let, let's get into that real quick because Jeff Hardy, uh, you know, he said on a, a, a YouTube, you know, interview that he did recently. And I, the name escapes me of the actual show that he was on. That's my fault. But he said, I'm going to AEW. And now, well, apparently he's kind of walking that back. Uh, today, he tweeted out at around 4 p.m. that nothing is official. Social media can't be right now. I've simply set up a goal for myself and I will achieve it eventually. The main thing is don't get excited. So, <laughs> so which is it? Uh, he was on, he was in an interview with Jared Myers on his YouTube channel and says, I'm going to AEW. I'm so excited and I'm so nervous and excited. That's a quote. And now he says, don't get excited. So, <laughs> you know, it's interesting that obviously if you've been watching AEW, uh, they've been, you know, tinkering with Matt a bit uh, to kind of, um, uh, not, I don't want to say segregate, but kind of push him off and away from the Hardy family office that he's been, you know, dealing with, the, you know, kind of, you know, hinting at a split. And then now suddenly, you know, Jeff is on the lamb and he's, you know, good to go whenever he needs to. And his uh, non-compete will be up in March, uh, sometime just after the pay-per-view. So it is kind of interesting to see these come things come together. And then for Jeff to come out and say, I'm literally going to AEW and then realizing that's maybe not be the, uh, the wisest thing to say. And now he says, don't get excited. So I, I guess, I guess the big thing is, and the, and the question for you is uh, Jeff Hardy in AEW, much like Cesaro, uh, is this? Do, do you think that this is a short-term uh, you know, proposition, or do you think that they, he, they're in it for the long haul? The long haul being the next four or five plus years. Yeah, I mean, when we talked about the Hardy Boys reuniting a couple weeks ago on the show, my thought was there's obviously a very big chunk of change and a big chunk of interest you can get in a Hardy Boys reunion, but I think it's very it burns very hot. It burns very fast. It's right. bright white heat that flames out very quick. So I think there's absolutely reason to do it. 
But within a month or two, maybe three months tops, it's going to flame out. So what you do with them then, that's the issue. There's your short-term pop you're going to get where it'll be a very big deal. But it's not going to last. And that's kind of the the, 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 the linchpin there is, but if, assuming this happens in uh, March or April, by probably by the time Double or Nothing comes around in May, that's probably where you'd want to wrap it up, maybe pay something off there with a really big match. And then from there, then you got to change gears, I think, with them. It's yeah. just, there's, not, there's not the shelf life for them at this point in their lives as a tag team, especially in that crowded tag team scene where there's already so many people there. I mean, yeah, there's matches you can do, but there's only so much the Hardys can do at this point is the way I look at it. No, I 100% agree. And I think that AEW is becoming more and more cramped, especially in the men's side of things, uh, which each, each passing day, I mean, it's kind of become a running joke where you go, oh, there's a hot free agent. And then somewhere Tony Khan is like sharpening his knives. And 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 sure, you know, not everybody could go to, to AEW, but it damn sure seems that way. Uh, it is going to be interesting to see how well, uh, you know, the, they still work together. I mean, that's not something that we've seen in a long time. And obviously the fans of the uh, the Hardy Boys from way back when are going to put on their nostalgia glasses on and think this is the greatest thing since sliced bread. Same way that the people who are seeing punk fans put on their nostalgia glasses mm-hmm. And literally cried, you know, when he made his return. <laughs> I hope some fan and face paint does that too when uh, Matt and Jeff reunite officially. But considering that they are storytellers and that Matt is definitely transitioning into the backside of his career, doing more of the managerial stuff, you know, putting his hands and stuff, but not necessarily jumping off a 30 foot ladder anymore, uh, it will be interesting to see what that looks like because we've never really seen them. As facilitators, we've seen them as the people just taking these ridiculous bumps. Uh, but, you know, and, and only until recently, until they got the TNA, the, the deletion stuff, did we see Matt and Jeff as like the catalyst for their own creativity. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe, you know, that'd be interesting to see if they can get back to that level uh, in, in AEW, assuming that, you know, it is true that Jeff, you know, makes it over there. And then, of course... I do think once you get out of you know the big nostalgia points out of the way, uh, you know how long does that last until the next shiny new toy comes along? And that's kind of you know been like I would argue a good problem to have here for Tony Khan. Uh, there's so many awesome toys in this toy box, but uh, <laughs> unfortunately you can't play with them all at once. So. Right. That was the big thing that jumped out at me when he said, I'm coming. I was like, oh, I bet his new boss ain't too happy about him just throwing that out there and taking away. We know how he loves to do his surprises or, you know, something big's going to happen on this show. And it's like, dude, you can't throw that out there like that. I personally appreciate it because I'm a, I'm a kind of overall the specul- nonstop speculation of where's when's who's showing up here and when's who's person showing up there. And especially in this case where we know his brother is already there. So it's kind of like just cut to it and just say, Hey, he's coming. This is when it's happening. And, but we know TK don't roll like that. TK no. needs to have his, uh, his big announcements, his massive debuts, his moment yeah. you've never seen before type thing. So, but that's the story of AEW. That's, you know, that that's how they do things. So no, we'll, it, it is. And I, and I, you know, I, I think it's going to go for the best, you know, Khan does like himself a good surprise. Uh, and he, and you know, they're pretty good about keeping that stuff close to the chest. 
Um, it's just that it's not the the moment that people are going because obviously people are going nuts for it. It's the moment after that's going to mm-hmm. you know be the real test for you know how well this thing uh, lasts in AEW. And I honestly, I have no reason to believe that it won't be you know kind of like uh, what they need to be. You know, they they that half manager, half uh, you know worker, kind of like what Sting is doing. You know, Sting mm-hmm. will come out and do a match for the pay per view. It's only four four shows a year, and then maybe you may take a bump or two on the dynamite before to sell the thing. But so he's taking you know six bumps in six months. Uh, you know that's that's fine. But he's also ninety, so uh, you know that, that makes sense for what he's doing. Speaking of ninety years old, Goldberg <laughs> versus Roman Reigns kicked <laughs> off the Elimination Chamber in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia, in front of thirty three thousand plus uh, fans. Now, what I didn't know is that the Elimination Chamber in Germany is uh, labeled no escape because right, it's illegal because it, you, you can't call it that in Germany. But um, no, sir, no. So the Elimination Chamber of Friendship in Saudi Arabia uh, happened last weekend. Now, the first thing is uh, it was on a Saturday, which in the Middle East is kind of weird because that actually starts their work week. But it was Saturday at noon for us. Do you like that? even though the show was on in the middle of the day. I know for us, it's noon. So that's you know kind of a different take than like in Los Angeles where it's 9 a.m. Um, if you're out west, are you putting on a pot of coffee at 9 a.m. to watch the Elimination <laughs> Chamber is the first question. <laughs> yeah, on the West Coast, I don't know how big of a hit it was. But here on the East Coast, I loved it personally. I thought it was damn great. The like, I got up, I had... Took care of some stuff in the morning, had breakfast, went out, ran some errands, came home at noon, threw on the show, and then it started at noon and it was done by 250. So yeah. it was like it was like it was a tight little compact show in the middle of the day. It didn't even run into the early evening. So like it ended right. it ended. And it was like, damn, I got still got a few hours till dinner. I can still do whatever Saturday night. And I personally thought it was great, especially with like their marketing so heavy to kids these days. My daughter was thrilled because she could watch the whole show as it happened and never gets to do that. She's always got to go to bed on a Saturday or Sunday night once it gets around 9, 930. So she's like, I get to watch the whole show. And she had her friends over in her room watching it. So that worked out great. And my thinking is this, since they're so intent on doing more shows on Saturday now, this doesn't just need to always be a Saudi Arabia thing. I think some of the B shows every once in a while, a few times a year, let's have them during the day like this, especially yeah. on a weekend like this where football was done. No college football was going on. It was all-star weekend for the NBA. It was kind of a real quiet weekend sports wise. And there wasn't a lot of competition. So I'm thinking Saturday afternoon pay-per-views, not all the time, but maybe quarterly once a year, a couple times a year. Let's do yeah. it, man. I'm down. Well, I mean, it seems that they're going to be doing, I don't know if they're going to be doing it quarterly, but they're definitely going back to Saudi Arabia later mm-hmm. this year. So that's at least two shows that's going to happen. I'm definitely down for a Saturday pay-per-view. Um, it's not one that you had to watch, but if if you want to get caught up in the WrestleMania, you know, the build. But if you did watch it, it was, well, okay. It wasn't a good pay-per-view, but it was a very good episode of Raw. Yeah, it was fine. It, yeah. it, it was fine. It it set the table for WrestleMania. So we mm-hmm. know we know the top of the card now for sure. It's all locked in. You got 
Brock won the WWE title. Roman Reigns kept the title against Goldberg. So it's Brock and Roman title for title. Bianca won the chamber. So we know it's Bianca and Becky. We already knew about Charlotte and Ronda. So the top of the card has been formed now. We know we know the big part. And none of it is really any surprises or anything groundbreaking. But the pieces are all in place officially. So now yeah. we got six weeks to build to it right. and get all the hype in. I thought one of the damnedest things about the presentation of it was that it's in this giant dome in Jeddah, mm-hmm. Saudi Arabia. Okay, cool. Which made little sense as to why they had outdoor fireworks. <laughs> Not like on top of the building, but several massive fireworks displays for all of the people that didn't make it into the building. It was just weird having them cut back and forth to this really cool pyrotechnics display while somebody's posing in on the ramp or in the ring uh, wow, the helicopter is circling the, the stadium. Just, right. That just seems silly. <laughs> you do your big pose, but there's no fireworks behind you because they're outside right. down the block. Away. Yeah, like, like, <laughs> you know, like Charlotte had her great WrestleMania entrance a couple of years ago with the fireworks behind her. That may have been Orlando. Um, and it was just great, you know, presentation. And then she does the same thing and she's in a dome. So it just doesn't it just doesn't make any sense. Um <laughs> The big thing is, uh, you know, the the main event and the opener. So Roman Reigns and Goldberg happened. And, you know, call it what you want. I thought that match was more interesting than people give it credit for because it's easy and fun to hate on Goldberg. Now, Goldberg is 90 years old, and I get it. Uh, If he thinks too hard, he'll give himself a concussion. (laughs) But he had a six-minute match in Saudi Arabia versus Roman Reigns. I'm not saying what more do you want him to do? You That's exactly what he should do. Exactly. It was perfect for exactly. a Goldberg match. It was perfect. That's all it needed to be. It was straight out of WCW 98. He just went out there and yeah. they just smashed each other for six minutes. Hell, I'll tell you this, that crowd in Saudi Arabia, they love some Goldberg. That man was getting oh. cheered when he came out. He I actually thought over. it was the opposite because I oh, did really? not. I took I, it as you were into him. <laughs> No, I, I thought maybe later on, maybe in the fourth or fifth minute of a six-minute match, uh, they kind of bought into it a little bit. But when Roman came out, you would have thought that he was the actual, you know, uh, sheik of Saudi Arabia. <laughs> you would have thought that he was Muhammad bin Salman or somebody like that, you know. And Roman's I'm thinking, over like, too, no doubt. <laughs> yeah, like I didn't realize that Roman was that popular. Uh, biases aside, I didn't realize it was more. He was that popular, but they went bananas uh, for him. And and that was what it was. So they built this big spectacle. And you know what? It was cool. I'm going to read a, a little bit of an interview that Goldberg did on the CarCast podcast this weekend. He said, and I quote, Roman's a great dude, but let's be perfectly honest. I would have squished him 15 years ago, but now it's a different story. I'm 55. I do two matches a year. What am I going to do? Come in at the one big pay-per-view and beat the Universal Champion and take the belt? with me for six months and then come back as champion. Look, I don't write the script. I just kind of follow it. Well, kind of follow it. And the thing is, it's one of the main reasons why I came back to give back to the business. And if I can set Roman up to make him look like a million bucks going into WrestleMania versus Brock, then that's my job. And you know what? He's absolutely right. And I don't really understand what, where like the animus comes from when you're talking about Goldberg existed in WWE. This is exactly what Sting is doing in AEW and and Stinger maybe takes a little bit more of a bump. Maybe he looks a little bit more fluid in the ring. But whether you're 63 or 55, the bottom line is is that he, they're 30 years past their heyday. 
And if they have six minutes to give to, to put somebody over and they do that job effectively, and I think that Goldberg did that job effectively, um, then that's what you're supposed to do. Not everything's going to be Michaels versus Bret Hart Iron Man match with overtime. Mm-hmm. No and doubt. So- and if there's any, if there's any show to be doing this match on, this is the show to be doing that match because on. You're not like have to you're- watch it anyway. Exactly. You're making you're making the prince happy. They're getting their star power that they want over there. It's not tying up WrestleMania or Royal Rumble or anything like that. It's like for him to pop up on these Saudi shows and do this kind of thing. I think it's the perfect use of him. If you're going to use him in the modern WWE, these are the shows you put him on. It's perfectly Absolutely. fine. Absolutely. Yep. I, have, I have no problem with that. So let's fast forward all the way to the end uh, to uh, actually real quick. Uh, I'm looking at the match times. Um, yeah, Goldberg went six minutes. Okay, fine. But Bianca Belair versus Bliss in, in the four-way eliminate no this elimination chamber of friendship match for the women that went fifteen minutes. And then you had Lesnar, uh, Bobby Lashley, AJ Styles in their elimination chamber of match of friendship that went fifteen minutes. Those were the longest matches on the show, and the show was like a felt two hours and forty-five minutes. Yeah, it was it was tight. It was over too quick. Right. So there was a lot of promo, a lot of build up for WrestleMania, a lot of pre-match packages and stuff like that that really mm-hmm. added to the uh to the length, but you barely had an hour and change of wrestling over a 3-hour period. And I thought that this show kind of flew by in a way that was quite unexpected. I don't like WWE style per se, but it wasn't a slog to watch like it would have been if it were Monday night. Right. So fast forward into the end. You have the Elimination Chamber match. Uh, Lesnar, obviously, he won. At the end of that match, Lashley comes out. He's in his pod. And then, you know, he, somebody, uh, I think Austin Theory gets put through uh, Lashley's right. part of the setup spot. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, oh, no, he's gone. And it was, and, he les- and Lashley gets taken out. Lesnar is pissed for some reason, and he breaks his pot open early, which makes doesn't make any sense. Um, but and, but Lashley's actually gone. He does not come back. At that moment, did you think that they were going to replace him with somebody? Maybe Cody Rhodes? Yeah, it definitely did. crossed my mind. No doubt. Or, or, it definitely yeah. did. Or were you surprised that if they had if they knew that the, the, the angle was well, Lashley was injured. Well, he's actually having shoulder surgery and he's going to be out for a minute. Uh, do you think that it was just unwise to have him in the match in the first place? Because they could have just said, like, hey, he's injured, card subject to change. Right. Yeah. Or the spot that really kind of, I don't know, it kind of took some wind out of the sails for me in the in the match, which was going on, you know, pretty well. And then all of a sudden you have this goofy finish and a rush to end the show because Lesnar's taking selfies with people in the crowd to pad for time. Right, so it's almost yeah. like they didn't know that it was going to happen. And then it happened and they just went with it. And Lester starts crowd surfing. I just thought that was a really <laughs> weird way to end the show, which was pretty good for WWE standards. But do you think that they should have handled that differently or, or gone about it a different way? If they knew that Lashley was injured beforehand. Yeah, it was, it was definitely clunky the way it was handled. I think what they were going for is they wanted that visual to have on tape of him getting carted out of there, or him getting helped out of the cage. I think they wanted all that for the long game for when he does return 
they have that footage in their pocket to show that he never actually got beat for the title. There's, you know, there's a built-in story for him as soon as he comes back. And if you just do the whole, oh, well, he, you know, he's hurt. He's hurt. He can't go. He's uh, the, the elimination chamber tight now automatically is just for the belt. You know that from the beginning. Then they, right. I think they would have had to put somebody in the match. I think they're thinking was, look, we don't want to add anybody. Let's get the video footage of him getting carted out of there so we can use that for his return come, you know, this summer or whatever. And that's that's what I think they were going for is, is since he was able to get out of because appearance wise, he looked fine. You didn't see anything like, right. you know, as far as like, it's not like he was all bandaged up or nothing. So when the match started, I was thinking like, oh, didn't think anything was going on. So right. that's probably I, I the thinking. I just thought it was weird and, and kind of clunky because Lashley went into concussion protocol. Right. Considering <laughs> that he went there immediately and Madcap Moss, who literally got <laughs> dropped on his, the crown of his head. He Madcap Moss came into that match at six one. He left at five foot eleven. Uh, the way he got drunk on or dropping his head, but he finished the match. And then actually, maybe my favorite match of the night because I didn't expect much from it. I don't really know who you know, you know, Madcap Moss is. The whole gimmick is right. kind of dumb, but goddamn, he finished the match, and I gotta salute him for that. That man right. compressed the hell out of his neck. And that was one of those deals where like it looked nasty the first time. Then usually, you know, they'll re- they'll bring it back and like they'll show a replay or a different angle and it won't look as bad. It's like, no, the second no, angle they showed made it look even worse. Oh, yeah, that was bad. Yeah, it, it looked <laughs> worse. And then they showed the replay several times yes. in slow motion, in 4K, in fry, in 3D. And there's like <laughs> they got Peter Jackson on it to make it spice it up a bit. They got Lucasfilm on it. And it's like, no, this is horrible. Stop showing oh. me this. But overall, not a terrible pay-per-view. I know it's sport to to hate on WWE, but if this is your brand, it was definitely a good three-hour chunk of your Saturday that you weren't doing anything with that you could have easily watched, um, hopped in the cock and watched the pay-per-view. I'm actually surprised at how good it was for them. Yeah, I think there was a lot of people that took it that way. And I think a lot of that goes back to, I think the show was a lot more palatable just having it during the day. I think there's a lot to be said for not having it hanging over your head that it's late. You're thinking about going to bed and all that stuff. So I think that helped them a ton. So we'll see. We're on the road to WrestleMania, folks. We got six weeks ahead till that. And we are headed to our commercial break. And we get back from that. It'll be time for the Big Gold Belt Podcast Indie Spotlight and all kinds of other stuff in the second half of our show. We'll be back right after this, folks. Big Gold Belt Media is your golden standard for all of your media needs. Visit BigGoldBelt.com for pro wrestling info, movies, comics, and even more digital content. On all of your social medias, follow us at Big Gold Belt all across the board. Listen to this show and more on your SoundCloud or wherever you get your podcasts. Right, folks, we are back, and the second half is underway. We are flying tonight, and it means it's time for the Big Gold Belt Podcast Indie Spotlight of the Week. So take it away, Giant Crab. Yep, so this weekend we're going to snowy Yarmouth, Maine. Uh, this Saturday, February 26th, uh, there's Limitless Wrestling. They're having a show in a beautiful Yarmouth, 
And it's the big match for me is Savannah Evans versus Trisha Dora. That's going to be heavy. Uh, Eli Knight versus Mortar, uh, Anthony Green versus Rad Daddy. But I'm just saying. Uh, oh, uh, Scotty Too Hotty and uh, Fandango are a tag team. That, that I didn't know that that was actually a thing. Uh, too Hot to Handle from Limitless Wrestling is happening this Saturday night. Uh, it's going to be a heck of a show. And if you're not going to be able to make it to Maine, I understand that because it's Maine and it's February, so it's damn cold. Um, independentwrestling.tv has it. Uh, you can, uh, if, if you can make it to Maine, you might want to get some tickets uh, at LW Maine on the Twitter machine. Uh, you check them out, limitlesswrestling.com. Uh, I'm not sure if the tickets are sold out yet, but you know, if you if you can make it live, it's always better to see it live. If you can't, or if you want to be warm, do it from the comfort of your own home on independentwrestling.tv. Savannah Evans versus Trisha Dora is a match that I would love to be there for, but I will be there in spirit via independentwrestling.tv. So good this for is, good for them. This is the time of year where you got to do that. Sometimes you just got to stream the show is the way it's got to be. I had my fun this past week at the uh, Fight Club DC premiere coming back out of the pandemic this past week with uh, Trisha Dora was at that and a hell of a main event against big swole so indie wrestling is roaring back folks we had a big crowd here in dc i'm sure they're gonna have a big crowd up in maine get to a show because things are happening and it's people are out and i think they're really hungry for live events so it's, it's good times good yeah. times to be had yeah so uh, definitely is so let's get to uh and, and change gears a little bit right now as we speak on a thursday Terminus episode two is happening, and and the big match of course is Santana versus uh, Jonathan Gresham for the Ring of Honor Original World Championship. Uh, you also have Jay Lethal, Serena Deeb, uh, Shane Strickland, who allegedly is coming up to with uh, to AEW, uh, Daniel Garcia. Uh, they're all on the show. Now that's great, and I have no problem. And if we weren't doing this podcast right now, that's exactly what I'd be watching. But if you're Tony Khan, Gresham versus Santana is a match that you need to have in AEW. Hell, bring their ROH belt too. And, you know, you have Moxley working GCW, uh, you know, up sooner than later. Um, you know, David Richards, not David Richards, Daniel Garcia has been making the rounds. A lot of AEW talent is still out there working the indies. Now, God forbid somebody gets injured. And that's obviously what you don't want to see whenever somebody leaves your league to go play or do any other activity somewhere else. Same thing, that's the same scare with the Olympics. It's the same scare with the Pro Bowl and the All-Star Game. You never want to risk an injury for your top talent. But if you're AEW though, is Tony Khan letting money slip out of his hands by allowing these big indie matches to happen outside of AEW? Uh, there is dark, there is elevation. If you just want to have a match for no reason, but more importantly, there's dynamite and literally a pay-per-view happening next week. I'm not saying that Jonathan Gresham versus Santana is the match that they need to have in AEW tomorrow, but I'm just saying that that isn't a match that they should be having in AEW considering that Santana is such a big uh, part of it and considering that Gresham is such a big indie star right now from uh, carrying the Ring of Honor brand in the belt form on the shoulder. Yeah, it's a it's definitely a situation where there's probably some of these matches that he should be putting uh, some thought into and being like, you know what? Not that one. 
putting this putting the putting the stamp down like we know darn well he doesn't want his people losing for the most part he made sure that when uh, moxley came back and had already been announced for game changer he made sure that he got his first appearance in here in dc before that show so he didn't make his first appearance anywhere at the game changer show so he, he's cognizant of that but yeah i mean some of these matches you probably want to save, but I guess also maybe part of the thinking is, well, you know, if it's happening at some small little indie, most of our audience isn't going to see that anyway. So kind of out of sight, out of mind. So there's probably some of that to be said, but then again, everything streams these days. Like you said, whether it's on IWTV or on high spots or title match, there's all these different services streaming indie wrestling. It might not be streamed live, but everything gets recorded. Everything gets out there one way or another, especially if it involves names. If it involves names, people are going to see it. And if there's enough interest in it, people are going to seek it out. So there's probably, yeah, there's probably some of these matches where he should be a little bit more selective and be like, you know what? If you're going to go there, not that one. I don't want you working that match. But, man, I don't know. He's probably also trying to be, you know, a good brother to a lot of these companies and be like, hey, I'm a, you know, you do your thing and I'm, I'm letting you use my guys and I don't want to be totally like, you know, you can't, you can't do this, you can't do that, you know, putting all these stipulations on what these guys can and can't do since he is nice enough to let them work these outside ventures, which, you know, if he wanted to, he could clamp down on that. So, probably a bit of a balancing act between like you said you don't want people getting injured you probably also don't want to give away a bunch of huge matches but at the same time if you don't have space for them on your own shows to begin with then it's like well what are you gonna do you're gonna sit you're gonna sit them out and then people complain about that then it's the old older sitting and catering so well true i mean definitely of, wrong there's a lot of masters to serve i'd say i would rather see somebody go out there and, and do something just you know if that they want to do than sit and catering mm-hmm. however if if there's money to be made, you know, and again, uh, Gresham versus Santana is, is a good example because that's a money match, you know, mm-hmm. full stop. If that match happens at the pay-per-view, you give them 20 minutes, that's a money match. There's a reason why it's, well, obviously Gresham owns his terminus, but there's a reason why that's the main event, you know, tonight for that show. Now, it doesn't have to be Santana, but, you know, or Lethal, but if Daniel Bryan wants to go out there and have a show... Defy Wrestling is making major waves in the Pacific Northwest. Daniel Bryan wants to have a homecoming show versus Hootie McBoob. It doesn't matter who it, who he faces. It's the fact that Daniel Bryan's wrestling in Seattle. That's already right. a big deal. If you're a con, do you clamp down on that? Because you know at some point the moons and the stars are going to align and AEW is going to hit the West Coast. I'm just saying that as, do you think that con is kind of looking at you know everybody else's interest and in going save that one I, that's mine I, I need you uh, no Brian you can't work right. uh, this show in Portland Oregon or in Seattle near your hometown or yeah Brian versus Darby in Seattle nah, no 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 you don't do that, that, that that's for me I, I'm daddy eats first as Cody Rhodes right. would say <laughs> we get that yeah. but I think there's definitely a segment of their audience that if word got out about that we'd quickly start hearing about he's not letting these guys do what you know do what they want to do he's holding people back I mean I I could see that narrative mm. forming very quickly especially from the perspective of well you know this promoter has them both there they want to do this match and he's he's handcuffing the promoters for what the, they can promote on their own show but it goes back to anything where it's you know 
you have any outsiders on your show, there's always little caveats that have to be maintained for them to be on your show. I mean, most of the darn time you have a big name on your show. They're going to be the ones going over. They're not there to, you know, just, just do nothing and just, you know, make make all your guys look good. It's just how it always is usually. So it, it, it's another step in that direction where it'd be like, yeah, you know, okay, you can use, you can use John Moxley, but uh, looking at your show here, he can't wrestle people, a, person A, B or C. You got to work yeah. with whoever else is left on it. So that'd be that'd be an interesting thing to learn if there is some kind of like not necessarily a caveat, but if there is like a hey, listen, we'll let you have Moxley if he gets to go over on this guy or if he just gets to have this match because mm-hmm. fine, Brian wants to go to New Japan and 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 work, uh, you know, New Japan strong or, or whatever it is, cool, but he can't face uh Okada, period, full stop, right. Yeah. Um, no, we're saving that one. You you cannot have that one. And, and I think that that is smart. I mean, it's just business. Yeah. That's all it is. And, and it's smart business for them to not give away uh, the barn with the cow. But it, but you can't have it both ways. And I think they are doing a pretty decent job of letting the talent manage themselves and not necessarily um, you know, give away these dream matches for free. Um, it'll be interesting to see, though, as other as they develop talent because that's another thing the AEW as a young company themselves it's not just Brian and Moxley and the people that are already established uh, a guy like Daniel Garcia who is definitely whose star is rising um and stock is rising as he's on to AEW more there's going to come a time where it's him uh Friedman Ricky Starks you know Sammy Guevara these younger guys mm-hmm. uh Lee Moriarty as they get more reps on TV and become more of a household name now well hey we built you and you want to go out there to, you know, GCW and the Hammerstein to face a match that we should definitely have on TV. Uh, no, I'm going to need, I'm going to need that. I'm going to need that for myself. So I'd be interested to see if it gets to that point. Yeah. I would think eventually, eventually it has to, it has to, to at least some degree, maybe not a huge degree, but hell even looking, you know, Gresham doing his old thing going around as the touring ring of honor champion. It's like, yeah, he's working all these different places and he's bringing in the belt and he's going to make people look good because he's a, you know, he's a phenomenal, tremendous wrestler. But make no mistake, he's not putting anybody over as far as a one, two, three or a submission at any of these places. It's, it's very clear you're getting the Ring of Honor champion and the Ring of Honor champion is going to do their thing on your show. And that comes with, you know, that you're getting that rub. That's what it comes down to. So. Right. Right. Yeah. You can't bite the hand. You cannot bite yeah. the hand. Okay, so one thing that uh, I wanted to talk about as we come to the conclusion of this here episode, and it's been a whirlwind of an hour for 45 minutes so far, Max Caster. Now, AEW Rampage was taped on Wednesday after uh, Dynamite. That's about 10, between 10 and 10.45 Eastern. Uh, You know, the show was the show. No spoilers about the show except this one tidbit because Max Caster. That whatever the segment is, we don't know if it's going to air on Rampage, but Max Caster, as he does per his gimmick, has a rap. And in his rap, and I'm going to try to do my best to emulate it, but he says, the acclaim, like we Steph Curry, we shooting, we'll gun you down like we Vladimir, Vladimir Putin. If you think you have a chance, you've got no brain. You can't beat us. We're Russia. You're Ukraine. Now, he mm. says this to Orange Cassidy who was in the ring for uh, Anthony Bowen's uh, 
Revolution qualifier match, uh, you know, Sonic Brass Ring match. That was taped on Wednesday, before mm-hmm. sometime before 11 p.m. What he would not have known is that sometime at around 3 a.m. Eastern is that all hellfire and brimstone started raining down at the Ukraine countryside as the Russian army invaded the country. Right. Fuck. So, if you're the first question is if you're Tony Khan, do does this uh, do you edit this out of Rampage tomorrow night? Yeah, I mean, given what the situation has become now, now that right. we're full on in invasion, it's you know the biggest story in the world, and that's the thing. It already was a huge story, but now right. it's 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 real. Shit is on now. It's yeah, it's definitely down. Yeah, I would think you have to. I absolutely wouldn't. I would not want to air that. The next question becomes, given how far along things already were this week and how much of a volatile situation this already was. Right. How this happened to begin with, you know, given the situation that that this made it out there to to get recorded in the first place when people were already talking that it this was an imminent thing that was going to be happening. I mean, know? granted. Now, to be fair, hindsight being what it is, and we have, you know, the knowledge of being tipped off because mm-hmm. we are coming across this news as it was taped last night. It is Thursday now, and Rampage airs uh, 24 hours, 25 hours from right now. So that's kind of the thing. Not necessarily how did this get out because there's because the world that this was taped in is not the world that we're in now. We are... Seconds to midnight before the shit all goes uh, belly up in everybody's faces. And that's not the world that Max Caster, you know, said his raps in. Now, remember, uh, Tony Khan said that he would oversee everything after the last incident where he name dropped some people and that was a cost of a big stir and all that. So if you are a con, you know, is this is this something that you. Do you think he's going to actually stick up for Caster, assuming that this airs? Now, if this doesn't air, yeah. it's all moot. Because yeah, being it's a taped show, there's a, there's yeah. an easy way out of it. Being it's a taped show, you just don't air it. You you have the right. sound drop out on that part, or you start with them already in the ring or something, and right. just you know skip just that whole back portion. To commercial of it. in the ring. Yeah, exactly. Easy. The big thing is like you were just saying, this ain't the first time. This right. is now an ongoing thing where. Either he doesn't have the best judgment or he's just misreading situations. I mean, last time it was talking about Simone Biles' mental health. So it's it, it's been very touchy subjects that he's – I get the whole idea you know, he's supposed to be edgy, he's supposed to be like, you know, edgelord bait kind of stuff. But, dude, this 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 doesn't work. This, this, isn't the, this is not the first time you've stepped in it. At this point, I mean, if I was – I was Tony – I mean, I just have to tell him, like, look, you got to, you got to write down whatever you're going to say, and you got to. There's, I would they have someone that. he has to give it to that has no, to read it that. over and sign. Someone needs to be signing off on these. If, no, but I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like, we're we're under the yeah. assumption that Khan is is handpicking and reviewing each and every bar that that Caster comes out of his mouth per what he said after the Simone Bowles deal. Now, oh my God, granted, uh, and I think that that's this is where it's like. You know, people are going to are going to hear a thing and go, "Oh my Jesus! I did not. Why did this uh, air?" Assuming mm-hmm. that it airs, I, I th- and and un- not understand the context of the entirety of the situation. And the context is that this was taped on Wednesday, 
before anything happened. There's no way that he could have known that it would have that that a topical event would go down the way that it did. There's no way that he for him to know that. With that said, is should they play it safer? Because even the Simone Biles incident in his raps, if if people remember correctly, he didn't say anything about her. He used her as a metaphor for beating mm-hmm. his opponent. You could argue that that's equally as bad, and that's fine. I don't, I disagree, but still to the point of there is still some context here that people will never know. Um, and I think to punish Caster, because if this does air, he's up Shit's Creek. Mm-hmm. You know, because nobody's going to care that this was taped. Nobody's going right. to care that he doesn't if it, edit if it airs, it's, it's out. The genie's out of the bottle. It's out. Matter. It's out. So, you know, nobody's going to care about any of that stuff. Um, they're just going to know that Matt Caster uh, said that Ukraine's going to die and the AEW hates Ukraine. That's the only thing. That's what it's going to come down to. Cash is going to lose his job. Anthony Bones is in the mud on dark for the rest of his tenure in AEW. And Tony Khan is just going to sweep it under the rug. That's fucked up because of the context. We know that this was taped. We're talking about it now because it hasn't aired yet. Right. And if they cut it, then it doesn't matter. You didn't hear us say anything. But goddamn, if you're Tony, if I swear, I don't know how this airs. Yeah, it's it's I would say you cut it. And you thank you thank God that okay we didn't do this on Wednesday we didn't right. air this live you know so it didn't already get out there you you thank God that you you lucked out on that but I think at that point they got it because be the second time now they got to start being a lot more either just be like look we got to be a lot more careful so what about do you this do you, do you just make them less topical or just, I, I just think generic? so I, I I think that I think you got to I think there's no other way around it's just it's too. It's too much the, the the squeeze of the juice for for the edginess. It ain't worth the risk in the long run, especially when this is the kind of thing. If it blows up bad enough, it's the kind of thing that Time Warner could eventually get involved in and be Absolutely. like, nah, 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 nah. We don't want, we don't need this heat because because this guy going out here saying stuff on air. That's that's the mm-hmm. thing. It, it, it could very quickly get out of control and snowball into a situation that would be way more absurd than it ever needed to be just for him saying a rap coming out to the ring. It's right. like, it, it ain't worth the trouble. I think. Right. No, I, I agree. And I do think that you can't foresee, uh, you know, world events, uh, uh, you know, before they happen. Uh, but I, I do think this unfortunate um, consequence of being topical. It's not that he's trying to push this button and be an edge Lord. It's just that he's talking about topical shit right now and using that as a metaphor for whooping ass. And that's unfortunate that 165 people are dead in Ukraine uh, for, uh, you know, as part of the um, ongoing conflict that is developing. And uh, this is only day one and the shit is unreal. So, you know, I think the big thing is if you want to watch Rampage, watch for that edit. Because if Max Caster comes out and says some things, you heard it here first. It's a bad time, man. It's a bad, bad time. If, if, if the show comes on and they're already in the ring, that tells the whole story. Right. right. So watch, watch for that edit. And, and it's the main event also. That was the main event of Rampage. So if you see Orange Cassidy in the ring and you see some jerky motion and there's an edit, then Anthony Bowens is suddenly started and the bell's rung. You didn't hear anything. <laughs> and everybody gets to keep their jobs. Um, one quick thing before we get to the news. Uh, this is the first time I watched NXT in a very long time. 
But I wanted Uh-oh. to see uh, Nikita Lyons make her debut. Um, did you watch NXT at all on uh, Tuesday? Yes. I saw NXT. I saw the Nikita Lyons debut, and I saw her subsequently break the internet. <laughs> right. <laughs> she right. just took over the timeline once she hit that finish. Yes. It was all um, over. <laughs> yeah. It was all over. <laughs> so, I mean, she's uh, a, a very tall, um, you know, mm-hmm. Like 5'11", 5'10", 5'11", something like that. You know, just just brick shit house of a woman. And she's an actual uh, black belt in like jiu-jitsu or something like that. Right. Uh, she's an actual singer, uh, an actual model. And honestly, if they could take Nia Jax and give her a martial arts background, she would be Nikita Lyons because mm-hmm. she has... Uh, the size, she's a lot more slimmer than Nia Jax, but still the same size and presence uh, of Nia, of, Tami- of Tamina, of Beth Phoenix. The match itself for NXT wasn't terrible. The, what she did in the ring was better than I thought it was going to be because, again, you know, I, I judge NXT and WWE by a different set of standards, but I kind of see a lot of upside and potential here. They may have actually stumbled onto something which they will probably ruin in three weeks because it's WWE. <laughs> but, you know, I don't know if it's worth, like, I, well, look, the timeline was blown up for a different reason, but the wrestling part of the reason is she may actually be something to watch. You yeah, know, I, I definitely will be checking on NXT from for a while. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I totally agree. Obviously, the the interweb was blowing up and breaking over the the entire presentation of Nikita Lyons and everything she Love brings the to the table. Exactly. The presentation, the assets, whatever you want to put it, you know, <laughs> yes, yes. in all the different, in all the different ways that we can possibly put that without getting too explicit here tonight. But beside the point, I was pleasantly surprised because goddamn, you, that martial arts background, it was on display. Mm-hmm. She's got some pretty damn good strikes. She moves incredibly well around the ring in there mm-hmm. for an NXT match with someone that's only done like she had one match on 205 live and just, you know, whatever she's done when she was in a heroes of wrestling and all that for right. her skill level. I was very pleasantly surprised. I was figuring it was all just going to be the look and the presentation and there wouldn't be a lot of actual substance behind it, but there was enough there that she was further along than I expected her to be. So yeah. I I'm I'm interested. I'm definitely interested to see more. I, I got to give the devil their due and and NXT and, and WWE. You know if they can continue with this thing, I think her gimmick needs to be tweaked a little bit. I don't necessarily need her to be like she's in. Um, you know she has a, like a a gun holster on her thigh. She has another holster on, her, <laughs> on another thigh, and she's kind of like this like hip hop paramilitary trooper. I don't know yeah. what the gimmick is per se yeah, i dro- i drop the hip-hop part focus more on the martial arts and the action yeah. stuff because that's what she does well focus yes. on that that's what yeah. i want to fo- focus on the athleticism and the look and the, the singing part and the 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 the, the yeah. studio rapping bars like that that that's the part that wasn't working for me so i would yeah, drop I that and focus on the rest i don't yeah i don't really really need like hip-hop steve seagal uh that was kind of going on but um Aside from that bit of business, uh, yeah, uh, major upside. Definitely uh, we'll be looking forward to Tuesday because I have to remember the NXT is on now, and that's the thing that I haven't said in a while. So There we go. Uh, 
we are nearly out of time, but we have just enough time for news. So I'm going to go ahead and go through it right now. Cesaro still on the WWE roster um, under SmackDown. So, mm. I mean, the word is, is that he's gone, uh, but WWE has not wished him well on his future endeavors just yet. So we'll we'll see officially what that happens. Also, I, I checked Cesaro's Twitter. Um, he hasn't tweeted anything in, in several weeks. So it'd be interesting to see what his first words are after leaving WWE. Uh, Mojo Rowley, he had COVID-19 and apparently it hit him hard. He was on Renee, uh, Renee Parquette's uh, uh, podcast. And he says, and I quote, I got rocked pretty hard by it. The first few days weren't so bad, but spotty fever on and off the chills and whatnot. And then not sure what happened, but the doctors had a couple hundreds, but things spun out of control. His fever was 104. He was overheating, uh, you know, just crazy. He was, uh, he couldn't draw breaths. He, you know, it, it kicked his ass. So bottom line is, is that uh, COVID ain't no, no joke. Uh, I know the things are opening up, but, you know, you don't want what Mojo Riley got. That was, that was a bit rough. Uh, MGK, he apparently is overseeing the uh, Machine Gun Kelly, as the kids know him. He's overseeing the music for WWE 2K22, for better or worse. Uh, a couple songs of, of his are on there. The Weeknd's on there. Poppy, if you remember her from NXT, uh, doing their theme. Motorhead, Wu-Tang. Um, decent lineup. The variety of genres. Apparently, Machine Gun Kelly is going to be a playable character in WWE oh, no. 2K22. So <laughs> if you're an Eminem fan, then you're definitely going to want him in your universe um, You know, as your training partner. Uh, it's odd that he would be there. I wonder what his finish is going to be, but you know, 2K22. It's probably the weirdest roster uh, yet. Especially since a third of their rosters are in an AW now. That's um, true. <laughs> yeah. from, from what we're seeing from the roster reveals, it seems that everyone through like about last summer is still in there. Like Lana's still in the game. Like right. there's, there's a lot of people who've been gone quite a while that are completely in it. So that's right. going to be we're about two weeks away from it coming out. So I, being the way we've been burned on the last one, I ain't touching nothing nope. till I hear some firsthand reports. So you're not, thing. you're not picking up that $120 NWO version. I know, man, my NWO for life, $120 ticket. No, 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 not, not, not yet. I'm, I'm yeah. not after last time. No, sir. I gotta, I gotta hear for real. I mean, I'm hearing good things. I'm very curious. But uh, I, I need to come too. out first. Not $120, uh, curious. I'll be watching the Twitch streams. Uh, I, I'm good for right now. Um, yeah. Brian Cage, uh, not a guy that we've talked about often because he hasn't really been on TV often. But apparently, he may actually be staying in AEW for a while. He uh, had his option picked up for another year on his contract, and apparently the word is that Cage was surprised too. And you know what? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm just interested to see when that's going to be. He was last on um, in AEW TV in October on the October 8th edition of Rampage, and it's now the end of February. So haven't seen Brian Cage in a while, and apparently he's going to be there a little while longer. Um, no word from him, but that's what the rumor is. Uh, Terminus is happening right now, and that's, of course, co-owned by uh, Jonathan Gresham and Baron Black. Uh, love those guys both. Uh, Santana versus Gresham is the main event. Should be a great main event. But Jonathan Gresham is the Ring of Honor world champion. And he told Metro.co.uk, because he's going to be in England um, in a little while, 
and that he has a loyalty to the Ring of Honor because it changed his life. Uh, that he was going in a very bad direction for so many years, having tunnel vision of Ring of Honor saved my life, he says. I don't know where I would be if it weren't for Ring of Honor. But he also goes on to say that, quote, I have a family and I don't want to burn my life out and lose all the things that I've acquired over these years. So I have to make money. I've lived my dream and accomplished everything I wanted to do. Now I just have to go with whatever comes. And as long as it works out, I have to do it. So I don't know what I don't want to speculate on what that means for, you know, the future of Ring of Honor. Uh, you know, will they have contracted wrestlers? Will they just be paper of variance? Um, will he continue to, how long would he does he plan to hold the belt if he doesn't plan on being with ring of honor any longer will he lose it or will he give it up these are all questions especially as rumors circulate that jonathan gresham was backstage at AEW this week in connecticut mm. so interesting things happening watch this space as more things develop and that's the news for this week there we go we promised a whirlwind and we did a whirlwind in just about an hour so yep. a hell of a week I guess we'll have more of the crew back next week as the world uh, continues. Can't have to, less of it. Exactly, that's for sure. We have we got Damian back. We might have Celis back in the mix. I have two James back in the mix. We'll see what's up next week because there's all kinds of. We still got a certain uh, dashing uh, American wrestler of some sort that may show up somewhere. Who's out Who there? Uh, I'll be in Orlando a, for um yep. for the pay per view next weekend. Could could be. There's rumors of a Texas uh, rattlesnake might be around that we haven't even talked about yet. That's nope. uh, rumblings about that. That might be uh, def- sticking up for the state of Texas against a Canadian that's talking some garbage. So all kinds of things we may get into next week. But keep up with the show, folks. Keep up with the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast and Big Gold Belt Media. BigGoldBelt.com for all the news regarding everything big gold belt on Twitter, Instagram, all the various outlets. And that is it for this week. We will see you again next Thursday night, eight o'clock and on all podcast platforms as always. Thanks for tuning in folks. And we will see you once again. Yep. Well, I really-